Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. Neighbors and tell them you've got the joy of the Lord. Come on, look at one of your neighbors. Amen. Now look at the one you didn't want to talk to. And tell them you got the joy of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. He's in the house today. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Well, if you're able to, you may be seated this morning. Man, thank you, praise team, so much. Wow. I I know I messed them up on that song because I was singing, and I'm in their ear monitor, I'm sure, and I don't sing on key. That's why you have a metrodome, because I was way off. I know I was. I finally hushed up, and then I started again. I couldn't. Hey, it was in my heart. There's a song we used to sing when I was in children's ministries, and I know my, my wife is going to cringe, and my kids are probably going to cringe, and y'all that were in my children's ministry are probably going to cringe. But I'm sorry. It was called, I've got the joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy in my heart. Down in my heart to stay, and it makes me happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. It makes me happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I've got that peace that passes understanding. All right, we'll stop there. I know all of them. I know all the verses. I know all the verses. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Oh, all right. You know, someone asked me earlier, did I have sugar today? And I did not. But I did have some caffeine. But this is not caffeine. This is the joy of the Lord. This time of year is my favorite time of year. And uh, it always has been. And we made some changes in our lifestyle around Christmas this year. And I think it's because some of the stuff I've been preaching about, like getting, you know, the rest and, and, the, and, and the joy and all, it's just really helped us prioritize things. And I do. I, I've got joy in my heart. I have joy in my heart. You know, it's when you look at the situations in the world and our community as a whole, many, and it's not that, hey, look, my life is better than your life or someone else's life. It's, it's, it's not that kind of joy. It's just knowing in spite of what's happening, my God's on the throne. My God is on the throne, and I can have joy knowing no matter what comes my way. My life is in his hand. Wow. Wow. Man, well, I'm going to be long if I don't go ahead and get started this morning in my message. We do have some gifts to the house. I won't, I'm not going to recognize them, but just good to say, it's good to see all of our guests in the house this morning. Let's give them a hand clap of welcome this morning. We'll forgo asking you to stand and give a testimony. No, we don't do that. I'm joking. Some of y'all are like, what? No, I'm just joking. Tony, just joking. We won't make you stand, bro. We'll make you stand and greet everybody. So, but Wow. I love, I love the Lord, and can I tell you, I love you. I love my church. I really do love my church. Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 this morning. As you, to, as you do, um, just a reminder uh, that to check the card box, the mailbox over here. There's Christmas cards, and this is our last Sunday before Christmas. As has already been noted, we will have activities here Wednesday night for adults, so you can always check it then as well, but check it before you leave today. And I'm so excited. My favorite service of every year is our praise service. That's what we do at Thanksgiving, or celebration of praise. But probably my second, Easter and this service is our neck neck with each other. But on Christmas Eve, December the 24th, in case you didn't know that's Christmas Eve, we're going to have our Christmas Eve service here. Now listen, no harm, no foul. I know you probably have family activities, and you may not be able to make it, and I get it. But for those who want to be a part of it, it's going to be a very brief service. We'll come, we're going to sing three or four Christmas carols, some of the traditional Christmas carols. Um, We're going to read the Christmas story, and then we're going to take communion together. And it's going to be candlelit. Now we've got dimmable lights. We'll set an ambiance in here for it. Really trying to make it very special as we come together and celebrate. If you have, it's at 5 o'clock, and we hope to be done by 5.40. Give me 40 minutes, no preaching, just reading. And it's really going to be a special, special time. And I hope that you can be a part of it. Maybe if you're doing family activities, maybe get your family to come. If they've never been to church, have them come. And it's really a great time. Wear a sweater. It's going to be cold. 
We're not going to have snow for Christmas, but it's been cold because I'm going to jack the air conditioners down to 60 degrees so we can feel like it's Christmas time, okay? <laughs> oh, goodness. But please be a part of that um, if you would. So also, um, before we begin here, just real quick, I, I, we didn't make mention of this last week and just, just kind of jumped on us and, and I forgot, to be honest with you. But we did send in an offering to the tornado victims that were affected through the... I just want you to know that. We sent an offering in on behalf of the church. We didn't take up an offering. We had some funds that we, we, we felt like we needed to send in as the leadership of the church. But if you want to make an offering towards that, uh, you feel like God would have you be a part of that, just whether you do it with a paper check or online, just put tornado relief and we'll make sure that it goes there, okay? So I want to let you, I thought you need to know uh, how God is already using you to touch the victims of those that were affected by the tornado. Amen. Well, we've been looking at this series called The Cup of Cheer. As you can see, we have a few cups left. And some of you may, how many of you are this, you're here this morning? I know I said I wasn't going to get embarrassed you, and I promise I won't. But because somebody invited you with a cup of cheer. Anybody in here? I know one young lady, that's right, Sierra, raise your hand. That's very good. I don't know, Mike, if you gave them a cup of cheer. But anyways, we're glad that you guys are here. But the idea of this whole service, listen, guys, I, I'm not real creative. You know that. The children, if, if I was going to use my children's pastor superpowers, We'd be doing all kinds of really goofy kid-like stuff. So I'm trying to wrap, you know, ratchet it up to be more adult-like. I wore a tie and jacket today, by the way, all right? Just so you guys see me in a different light. And then I jump around here like a, well, like somebody in love with Jesus. And, um, but the idea of this whole series, and I know that it's, it's a little late, but it may not be because we still have our Christmas Eve service, is to put something in your hand as a reminder that, hey, during this time of year, we need to be inviting any time of the year, but especially during Christmas time, inviting people. And that the idea is, and I don't want to rehash the idea of cup of cheer, but if you haven't been here from the first get-go, what does mean cup of cheer? Cheer is a way that we want to bless people. We talked about the history of the word cheer and how it came from a French word that had nothing to do with blessings or encouragement. But we, today we do that on a toast. Hey, cheers, what it is. It's a way of wishing well on somebody, to bless somebody. And the idea behind it is invite somebody because we are God's cup of cheer. There's gifts that came with the birth of Jesus. There's gifts, and we've talked about three of those, that came with the birth of Jesus. And the idea is that he wants the, they're given to us. It's our choice to take them. But then we are his cup of cheer to the world. It's just a different way of looking at it. You need to be inviting folks. And the idea is this is a reminder. And, of course, I don't know if anybody put candy. I hope you, Sierra, I hope you, I'm sorry. I know your name. You acknowledged it. So I'm just sorry. But you know what? I can tell you're general. You can take it. If those two girls are your friends, you can take me. So, <laughs> But the idea, you know, is, hey, hopefully you got a gift card or thing, some candy in there, not just an empty cup, right? Because, you know, hey, here's an empty cup. Yeah, what do you do with that, right? <laughs> so to do that, and I, we, I believe now more than ever in my life, I was born during the Vietnam era, but I was too young to recall the Vietnam War, just being honest with you. And we've come through the, the, the wars in, in the Middle East, but... For some reason, those not saying it was right didn't quite get the attention when, because it's such a long war. But when you look at everything that's happening in our world and in our nation today, there's no greater time than now that people need to know about the love of God. Amen. About the hope that comes from a relationship with him. And the joy that we can have, even though there's the, my doctor's... Uh, uh, report don't look well or my bank account looks slim or you know my dog bit me last night or whatever the case may be or on a serious note you're facing something serious in your life right but we have the message and this is the time of year it doesn't listen the the calendar is based on the birth of christ and the death of christ right i mean it's it's it, that's what it's based on right the word christmas actually has christ in it and, no, and there's no way of getting around what this time of year is all, whether we make it or not, is about Jesus. And so it's a great opportunity. We have to be more evangelical-minded going into 2022. And so that's what this idea was about. I was really trying to jumpstart you guys, get you guys motivated. I hope you at least attempted it and prayed over it. But we get, we get gifts because of the birth of Christ. It is, you know, I watched The Grinch last night, and I know that probably surprises you. One of my favorite Christmas, the one with Jim Carrey. Disney just send all the royalties to me. I appreciate that. I'll make sure the church gets it. Uh, but, you know, in that, I referenced it last week as well. But in that movie, as I was watching it last week, um, the Grinch thought Christmas was all about the gifts. And then it comes back, and it's not about the gifts, the true meaning of Christmas. But can I be honest with you? It is about the gifts. 
But it's not about the gifts that we give each other. It's about the gifts that God gave us through the birth of his son. It is. And we've talked about that. And, and, and it's only, and it's gifts, hear me. If you want to know real hope, you want to know about real love, you want to know about real joy, the one to make a 55-year-old man that I'm huffing and puffing right now because all the jumping around will get up and jump around on, I would say national TV, but we're not. Welcome, everybody watching online. Sorry I didn't recognize you. Glad you joined us here this morning. If they edited that part off, trust me, I was very dignified up here as I was starting. But the joy, that, the real joy, it's not, those are not things that anything in this world can bring you. It can. It's only gifts that God can bring us. Today, we're going to be looking at the gift of peace. And what's funny is about that is as you look at the Christmas cards, we always we quote the word peace on earth. We're going to look at that scripture in a minute. Or we, we wish peace on people, you know, and it's all about peace. The reality of it is, it's almost as if nobody really experiences peace today. They, 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 they really don't. It, it's, it's like we don't really know what real peace is. It's kind of like this man uh, that I heard about. And we changed the names of innocent just to protect them. But let's just say this husband's name was Glenn. And it's by this Glenn. And this guy, fictitious character, had surgery on his back. Had surgery on his back. And his wife was doing all she could do to take care of him. And one day his wife, we'll just say her name is Deborah, just for lack of, of really pulling the name out of the hat. And suddenly Deborah got sick and she got tired and, and, and started getting depressed. And, and, and Glenn said, we can't have this, so we're taking you to the doctor. So Glenn gets Deborah and they go to the doctor and the doctor examines Deborah and, and, and comes back out and says, sir, your wife needs some peace and some quiet. So... Here are, here's the prescription for some sleeping pills. And Glenn says, thank you, doctor. He says, so when should I start giving them to her? He goes, oh, no, sir, they're not for her. They're for you. <laughs> See, it's that kind of peace we want in life. Miss Deborah, I turned it around for you there, sweetheart. There you go. He wasn't here to hear it, but that's okay. I'm sure he could, y'all can mark the tape and remind him that I talked about it. But it, it, it is. I mean, think about it right now. What kind of condition is your house in right now? Come on. Is there decorations everywhere? Is your garage like mine? There's more boxes than you know where to put. I don't know how I get all those things up in my attic. I don't know how I do it. It's a, it's, it's a miracle. But think about, you know, some of y'all right now, you have family come again to town if they're not already here. Tell me how that's going to go for you. How, how peaceful is that going to be? They're going to bring their pets. Come on, right? I, I, I've heard stories. I've, I've heard stories, you know. Some of you, your budget's blown because of the money you spent on Christmas. There is no peace in your heart right now because, like, how am I going to pay this bill when it comes in? Or, or some of you right now have one more gift to get, and Amazon cannot get it to you. So you have to go shopping. And right now, today, you're worried about how long am I going to preach and how many closings am I going to have? I know. I've been watching Facebook. Yeah. We'll see how many clothes. We'll see how long I can circle the airport today, all right? You guys are in for it today, right? Yeah. You know, and so, some of you are worried about if the people you bought gifts for are going to like what you got them. Look, dude, if you bought somebody something, they don't like it, that's on them. When did gifts come about what you wanted anyways? When did gifts... You know, I'm tired of asking my kids what they want for Christmas. They're going to get what they deserve. It's going to be coal. That's what's going to come down. Yeah, and, and, and I'm thinking about just cutting Christmas off until I get my first grandchild, but we'll see. All right, we'll see how they go. Now, y'all may not feel the anointing in that, but that's really good preaching right there. I will be broke after that, I know. Yes, I will. I got a talk or two last week. I'll get another one this week. But hey, you know what? This is the time of perpetual hope, right? And love. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, but on a serious note, many are facing serious situations in your life. Things are happening, and there may, it just may not seem like there'd be peace. For most of this time of year, is anything but peace, and sometimes life is just not peaceful, is it? Yet peace is something that is promised us through the birth of Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 2 with me, and let's just read the account here verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Angel just announced the coming of, of Jesus, right, the fact that he was born. Praise God, saying, this is what they said, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. See, one of the major reasons why Jesus came to this world 
is to bring peace to you and I. Now, if you're here this morning, you don't feel peace, you're not at peace, please listen to me this morning. It is available for anybody, regardless of your circumstances. Now listen, Jesus in that statement, the angel, doesn't mean that God came to bring peace in this world. We're going to get to that at the end. It's the fact that he came to bring peace to us while we're in this world. You, you can have peace. And so this morning, very briefly, I know that's a prerequisite too. It's going to be a very long message. Saints just start praying, right? I want to look at three ways that we can experience peace. Three, three peace that Jesus offers us in three different ways. Now, the first one is very obvious, and you probably know this, but you may not be aware of this. How many of y'all know that, that when you are not living for God, that you're actually at war with God. The opposite of peace is conflict. True? The opposite of peace is conflict. And when you're not living for the Lord, then believe it or not, you are at war with God. Listen to Romans 8. If you want to turn over there real quick, chapter 8, verse 7, follow along. Some of these scriptures are going to be on the, on the screens with me. But let's just read right here what Paul is telling the church in Romans. Listen to it. He says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. That means you, when, when, when you're living by the flesh, by your desires, your wants, that you're literally at war with God. Now, how many of y'all know that being at war with God is a war you cannot win? All right. So, but I'm trying to bring this in to frame it for you that, you, that, that when you are not following the Lord, when you're not subjective to his lordship, then you are at war with him. You're hostile. It does not, why? Because your flesh, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And this is why many people can't sleep at night. You think it's because your wife's cooking. Sometimes that may be true. But a lot of times it's because your, law, your life is marred with conflict. Uh, you're angry all the time. You ever been with somebody that they're always angry? They're just internally, they're angry. They're irritable. You're insecure. Anything can set you off. You're at war with others constantly. Life is miserable when you're like that. And there's no internal peace because you are at war with God. You'll never have, as I'll get to in a minute, any other type of peace until you're really at peace with God. When you don't trust Jesus with your life. And I know today that this room, probably 99.9%, 999 is probably born again. They probably, you probably have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I, I want you to understand that even though you may be saved, you can still be walking outside the will of God for your life, and you're going to be at war with God. Because the flesh, is not the flesh always warring inside of you? What did Paul say? He says, I, I'm paraphrasing, but basically the real, trend, the real translation says, I beat my body black and blue to the submission of my Lord and Savior. Because why? My flesh doesn't want to submit to God. So when you're not submitting to God's Lordship, what's happening is that you're at war. You're at, you're, there will be no peace with God as long as you're not walking according to his will for your life. See, And so we, we, we see that. We, we, we see that. Um, so we, we, have to, uh, we have to be mindful of this is what I'm saying. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith... Thus, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have peace with God when we accept Christ and we live according to his life. And what's interesting about this, the whole totality of the word of God, you, when you take it into counsel, what you're doing is, is that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and when you submit to his will for your life, what happens is he gives us his Holy Spirit to live within us. That's why I say when we sing the joy of the, uh, the, the, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, like I said, the joy that's in this room is dependent on how much joy you bring with you. There's joy in this house today. I am the temple of the Most High God. I, you need to understand that. If you're born again, you're saved, then the Holy Spirit is with you. And everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes with you. You are possessed by God in a positive way. He, he owns you. You're, you're no longer your own. He writes his name, his name on you. And when we do that, what he does is in place of, of, of anger and irritability and insecurity and conflict, what's he do? He starts producing the fruit of the Spirit. Now, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Well, it's over in Galatians 5. He says he produces love and joy and peace and, 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 and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. What a great gift exchange. You come to God with your life and you say, here's my anxiety, here's my, in, my insecurity, here's my anger, all my conflict, all that bad. Here, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I don't want it. He says, great. 
I've got a gift for you too. Here's my love. Here's my joy. Here's my peace, see? That's an awesome gift exchange. Those are the gifts I want. Those are the gifts I want in your life. I mean, who doesn't want a little peace, a little joy? No, I want a lot of peace and a lot of joy. I'm sorry, I'm a hoarder. That's why I've got Christmas decorations from 1989 in my attic that never comes down. It's, throwing, it's getting thrown away. Yeah. Who doesn't want? What a great exchange. But it only happens when you raise your hand and you surrender, when you cross the battle line of faith and give God your allegiance, your life. Peace with God, spiritual peace. It's an amazing feeling. How many of y'all remember the time you gave your heart to the Lord and the feeling that came over you? The emotion, the relief. <gasps> Man, my sins are forgiven. My past is forgotten. My future is made whole. I can now, I may not know all the details, but I know one day I'll live with God. That's peace, isn't it? Knowing that I'm at peace with God. I'm not at war with God. But not only does that, but this leads us to the fact that we can also, the spiritual peace, we can have peace inside. This is emotional peace. See, But it begins with peace with God. And when we have that peace with God, then we can start having emotional peace. Over in John 14, 27, Jesus says this. He says, this is right, he was announcing the night of his death. He's announcing that he's dying on the cross. He's leaving. He says, I leave you with a gift. Now, this is the New Living Translation. I love it, the way it worded it. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. I like gifts. Come on. I know I'm being a little cheesy today, but I'm doing it intentionally. I want you to see what God promised. I want gifts. Who doesn't like gifts? Come on. Who doesn't like gifts? Come on, somebody. So right now, if I had $100 in my pocket, who wouldn't want it? Come on. You're not getting it. There you go. I don't have $100 in my pocket. It's Christmas time. What are you thinking? He says, I'm leaving you the gift. The gift is what? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus left the gift of peace of mind, the internal peace that we all can encounter. You can have peace regardless of what's going on. If you, can, if you read the preceding scriptures, what is this peace based on? This peace is based on the fact that Jesus told them he's leaving, but he's going to send, he's going to have his father send the comforter, the Holy Spirit to live with him. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to their remembrance everything that Jesus has said. Why is that important? Because when Jesus is on this earth, the red letters in the gospel. He taught them everything about God, God's nature, God's plan for them, the plan of salvation, all the gifts, all the things that God has in store for us. There's so much to being a child of God. The blessings, you cannot count the blessings and the gifts that God wants to give each and every one of us as we become good stewards of what he's already given us. And he talks about it. So it's based on what he said he would do for us, the benefits. See, my, my kids have the benefits of being my kids. Now, they may not see it that way, and, and, and I'm not buying them lunch because this is not negative, so the only time I buy them lunch is when I preach about them in a negative way. No, it doesn't count. I rebuke that spirit. <laughs> Get thee behind me. But he has the benefits of my tools anytime he wants. Trevor has the benefits of free air conditioning, <laughs> free transportation, free food, see, he has a, you see, my point is, I, I'm trying, I really need, I want to be brief this morning, but you hear my heart. I can't help but express the joy I have because of the fact that God brings internal peace with me. We can have internal peace. Uh, Paul says this in Philippians chapter four. He says, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you didn't hear it, I'm going to say it again. He says, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, everybody, even those people who make you mad. Even those people who blow by you on 231, Pastor Ben. The Lord is near. How is the Lord near? The Holy Spirit's in you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit is in you. Do not be anxious. The Lord's near, so you don't have to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, even good situations, even those opportunities that look like this is what I ought to do. All right? He says, even in those situations, he says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, this is that emotional peace. This isn't peace with God in the sense that I'm not at war. This is the peace that now God gives us because we're at peace with him. And our circumstances, emotional, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's good preaching. 
Paul did a great job right there. This is that peace that passes all understanding. I don't know why I'm having this peace that I'm having right now. I don't know. Everything in my life says I shouldn't have peace, right? But there's something that inside of me, that peace inside of me, because of my relationship with God, that no matter what comes my way, there may be anxiety arises. It doesn't mean it doesn't have it. It just means that you compartmentalize it the way you're supposed to. It's not my problem. It's your problem, Lord. I'm preaching to somebody in here this morning, I know. Yes, I know you don't know how you're going to make Make that bill. I get that. Or how are you going to buy Christmas for your family? I understand the anxiety of that. But you know what? Leave it to God. Pray about it. Leave it and thank him because he has the answer for you. When you're at peace with him, when you have spiritual peace with him, then you can have that internal peace knowing that God knows your needs before you ever even know you have a need. And he says what? He will meet them according to his riches. He's rich. Matter of fact, he, I, don't know, I don't think there's a word that can describe the wealth of God. I don't know who the most wealthy person in the world is because I can't compete with them, so it doesn't matter. But my, my heavenly father surpasses their wealth because he owns it all anyways. And we can have that internal peace knowing that no matter, I don't have a job. That's okay. It, are you at peace? You have that spiritual peace with God? Yes, yes, I, I do. Then you can have internal peace knowing that, you know what? The righteous are not going to be begging for bread. Amen. Now, you may not have the mansion. You may not have uh, the, the things that you desire. But God says, hey, I'm not into your, it's like my kids sometimes. I'm not into your wants. What do you need? God's into our needs because that's really what matters. And truthful, most of the time when we get in a hard spot, we understand that, don't we? We don't, we, we just, if we're hungry, just feed me. <laughs> but we can have that internal peace inside. Um, it's amazing to me how many born-again believers lack internal peace today. I'm talking about Christians, how they lack this internal peace. We're all full of anxiety and full of worry, and therefore we have no internal peace. But it doesn't have to be this way if we only pray, oh, knowing that God is near and trusting to he's going to work everything out for his glory, just like his word says he will. When we pray, our focus goes from what? Goes from the problems to the source of our need. When we pray and we think in advance, it activates our faith and we start, we get over the what ifs, right? We get over the things that bring us anxiety and worry, the circumstances of life that we have no control over. It goes, where does it go? It goes towards God who cares for you. The, the creator of the universe cares for you. He doesn't care for mankind. Yes, it's a blanket care for all mankind, but he cares for you. He knows your name, and he cares for you. Somebody today needs to hear that, probably more than one person. He cares, and he knows what you're going through. He's not just giving a deaf ear. A lot of times, he's just waiting on you to have peace with him. And once that happens, the rest of it takes prayers. I love Isaiah 26.3. I gave this scripture to a young lady this morning because she needs to know this scripture because something that she's going through. This is what it says. You will keep in perfect peace. How many of y'all want perfect peace? Come on, I'm going to take a, I, you, I, I think I'm, I'm lulling you to sleep. Do I need to jump up and down again, shout and run? All right, some of y'all don't want, all right, you're not, getting, you're not getting perfect peace if you don't raise your hand. Thank you. All right. Boy, peer pressure. Wow. It, I got to keep that in mind. All right. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that's what God said, by the way. I'm just saying that's what I said. All right. All right. By the way, I can't give you perfect peace. All right. Just let you know that. Uh, it says that you will keep in perfect peace. He's talking about God, Isaiah. Those whose minds are steadfast or those who keep their mind on God. That's what that means. If you look in the Hebrew, it means those who keep their eyes, their mind, their thoughts towards God because they trust in him. When you keep your thoughts on God, when you know what God is able to do, when you know what God has promised to do, when you hear the word and you know it, you've got it planted in your heart, when you know that your mind's upon him, you know what? Your trust, your faith grows because you're not focusing on your problem. You're focusing on the one who has your problems already taken care of somebody. Now that's good preaching. Can you give God praise in the house? I'm going to make you praise today if i got to get a cattle prodder and start prodding some people. Come on. Sometimes I'm just going to crack the whip on y'all. No, it's not fun. Brother Ben knows you ought to see the stripes on him. All right. Amen. This internal peace is available to all who make Jesus Lord of their life, but having this peace is still a choice. And that's what you have to know. Just because you've accepted Jesus doesn't mean that you have this peace. It's available to you. He says, I'm leaving, your, I'm leaving this peace for you when I'm going. But you still have to choose. So you could choose to panic. 
or you can pray and trust God. You can, you can worry or you can worship. And God leads us on my heart. I'm not saying that he, this is the only person he's ever seen. You probably heard it. And I probably heard it subconsciously and didn't realize it. But this is what he laid on my heart. Worry is a lack of faith and trust in God's word. Amen. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm just asking you why are you worrying? Because when you worry, you're focusing on the problem, like I've already said, instead of the one who can resolve the problem. And it means what? It means that you lack faith and trust in what God said he'll do for you. Yeah. I don't want to beat you guys up. I'm just telling you. But what happens? When you focus on and worship God in the face of troubles and uncertainty, that is faith. And he will see you through whatever you're going through. You worship him in spite of your circumstances or your feelings. I don't feel like worshiping God sometimes. Those are real feelings. They're real. But they're not right. Just because you have them doesn't make them right. And so what I do, I choose instead to worship so we can have spiritual peace with God. We can have internal or emotional peace. And the final peace available to us is peace with others or relational. So you have this peace, you have this peace, and then you can have this kind of peace, see. But it begins this. And you'll never have this without this. You'll never have this without this without this. So the deep and wide, you know, it's that kind of thing. Say, boy, I'm really falling back on my children's pastoring. It's the time of the year. The child comes out, Eddie. My wife says, you live in that state of mind. But anyways... Jesus tells us in Matthew 5. I want you to turn to Matthew 5. Everybody knows that this is the Sermon on the Mount. If you don't, it's, the, it's really the only time we see where Jesus really got up there and was preaching to his disciples. He was always teaching, but we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And then it's the Beatitudes. In, in, in verse 9 of chapter 5, Jesus is talking about being empowered or being blessed, being happy. That word blessed can mean any one of those things. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers. For why? For they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who make peace. Because why? They will be called children of God. Do you, do you know that rational or relational peace just doesn't happen? It doesn't. If you're in a conflict with somebody and you don't do anything and they don't do anything, you stay in conflict. I, I, I've seen families destroyed. I've seen friendships be destroyed. I've seen churches be split because there was no peacemakers in it. And if you're not intentional, it won't work out. Jesus said that we are peacemakers that he will bless us and we will be called God's kids. Now, I want, I want to put this in context for you. This is Christianity 101. You will never be more like Jesus than when you are making peace with others. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. The only child of God that we know of is Jesus, that is his born of God, right? I mean, going back to our theology... But yet we're grafted, we're adopted, and we will be no, we can be no more like Jesus according to the scripture. We know there's other attributes, but part of it is being a peace. You be called, when you make peace, people say, you know what? That's a believer, that's a follower. See, but it has to be intentional. You have to, you have to be involved with it. And in case you didn't know, I put this down here in bold letters. People of God are to be peacemakers and not troublemakers. Children of God. You can quote me on that. Matter of fact, some of y'all need to get your phone out right now and get on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, whatever y'all do these days. And you need to say, I don't, you don't have to tie my name to it, but you can put that scripture and then say, children of God are peacemakers, not troublemakers. You're called to be a peacemaker. You'll never be able to have this kind of peace until you have this kind of peace. And you'll never have this kind of peace until you have this kind of peace. It all begins with peace with God. So how are you doing with your peacemaking? How are your relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers? Come on. How, how is your peacemaking going with the people, your relationship with people at work and, or with your boss or maybe even here at church? How is it going with your peacemaking? Are you striving to be at peace with everybody? According to Paul, we're supposed to be. Turn over your Bibles, Paul, uh, Paul chapter 12. Paul, the book of Paul, chapter 12. Romans, chapter 12. We're going to start in 9. I don't put this scripture up because it's a lot. I want to read this whole paragraph. Because over here, Paul tells us how we are to get along with people. Right? This is a great... Matter of fact, you guys need to highlight this in your Bible. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. And notice it begins with love. We've talked about the gift of love. It says, lust, lust. Lord, that wasn't you. I don't know what that was. Love, not lust, must be sincere. So where does it begin? It begins with love. Love God. Love others, love yourself. If your love for God and others is sincere, then you will what? If your love for each other is sincere, you will hate what is evil. 
Can I tell you? That even means what you watch on TV or the video games you play. What we tolerate today will become part of our life tomorrow. Some of you parents are wondering why your kids are out doing the things you're doing. It's because of what you allowed them to do when they were little. I know we're not going to be at peace right now. But I have to tell you the truth. Now I just realized how short my tie just got. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Okay? Be devoted to one another in love. Are we devoted to each other? Honor one another above yourselves. This goes along with Corinthians, the love chapter, does it, a little bit here. Never be lacking in zeal. Some of y'all need to hear that again. Never be lacking in zeal. Be zealous, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Don't be discouraged. Be excited. Be joyful in what? Hope. We talked about hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hey, as Brother Ben likes to say, make your face look like you have happy joy and something Jesus in your heart, right? Practice hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Woo, how we doing there? Bless and do not curse. Some of y'all need to remember that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Don't think more highly of yourself. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not repay. You are a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Boy, this was supposed to be a happy, good day. Let's praise God and go home. This is nowhere in my notes, I promise you. All right? Yeah. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. That's tough. I tell you what, if you do what's right in the eyes of God, you're going to do what's right in the eyes of everybody else. God matters, right? Do, uh, if, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Someone needs to hear that. You're out there trying to get revenge on somebody. It isn't your job to get revenge. Leave it up to God. to be. He's a God of justice. I got one person amening me this morning, praising God, all right? On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how we're supposed to live with each other. Even our enemies is how we're supposed to live. How we're supposed to live with each other, brothers and sisters of Christ. Husbands and wives, this is how you're supposed to be living with each other, okay? Sweetheart, quit putting your cold feet on your husband when they're cold, all right? That's, that's, that's bad. I don't care if he pulls the covers off of you, all right? That's revenge. That's wrong, right? No. And listen, verse 18, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking right now. Yeah, but you don't have to live with him. You don't have to work with the spawn of Satan. I get it. I get it. I'm a realist. You don't understand who I have to work with. I'm just saying. No one impending. You know, they say humor is like a medicine. It's good. It helps. We, especially when you put sugar with it. It helps it go down. But seriously, I, I realize that. I'm a realist. And not everyone's going to respond in a positive way when you try to make peace with them. But that does not live the, lift the obligation of you to make peace with them. Whether they receive. That's why Paul says, as far as it's concerning you... You do what you can do, what you have to do to be at peace with these people. If they don't receive it, that's on them. But you make the effort to live at peace, to make peace, come on, to bury the hatchet, not in their head. I'm talking about getting rid of what the offense is, forgiving if you've been offended. If you've offended, ask for forgiveness and learn to live at peace. If they don't receive it, you can lay your head down tonight knowing you've done all that you know to do. But you can live at peace, whether they do or not. Quit poking the bear, quit scrapping. Like the chicken pox, it's going to leave a scar. It's going to leave a scar. Now I need to remind you, God's kids are peacemakers. God's peace are peacemakers. In closing, turn your Bibles to John 16. John 16. I think this scripture will be up there. John 16, verse 33. 
I love the way Jesus, as he's about to leave, I already referred to it at the beginning of my message. We're going to close with it. I love how he, how he, it's just honest. If Jesus said it, if it's in the word, you can count on it. And listen to the positivity of Jesus. I say that with a little bit of sarcasm. He says, I have told you these things, the fact that he's going away, he's coming back, all that he's told them, so that in me you may have peace. He wants, I hope you hear the message. He wants us to have peace. He goes on to say, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I've come, overcome the world. He's very positive. You're going to have trouble. If you don't have trouble, you're going to have trouble. If you do have trouble, hang on. It's going to pass, and then sooner or later there will be more trouble. Because what I have found, this is what I found in my own life. Once one thing passes, the next thing on my list pops up of what to be, have anxiety about. See? Because of human nature. You know? You, 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 you get unexpected money comes in, and, and you pay this bill off, and then next thing you know, you, you get a bad report, or you get this or something unexpected. It's the next thing. Or your kid calls you and tells you his car won't start, and you're 200 miles away. and can't. You know, the, the anxiety is there. It's always going to be the next thing. So it's not that you're going to live without anxiety and worries. If you're a parent, you understand that. As a parent, you, 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 you're concerned. I don't mean like, oh, what am I going to do? But you, you have concern for your kid's future, for your kid's mate, whether they're ever going to give you grandchildren or not. And once, and once, and once, that, once that anxiety is dissipated, it's whatever is the next thing on your list that's a priority, see? So you're always going to have anxieties. You're always going to have these things that are going to worry you. Jesus said that. He says, but listen, I want you to have peace because I've overcome this world. I've overcome the problems. I've provided everything you're going to need in your life. But we have to understand until Jesus comes, there's going to be seasons of conflict, seasons of unrest, seasons of suffering. There are going to be trials and temptations. This is part of living in this fallen world. I face them. We all face them. Fallen world. But as believers in Jesus, we can have hope. We can have love. We can have joy. And yes, we can have peace that the world cannot take away. Amen? Give God praise in the house. So here's the question, as I, as I now have done it, I'm about to do a touch and go. This is my touch and go. I always do a touch and go. For y'all that don't know what that means, come back next week and you'll understand it. Come back another week, you'll understand it. You think I'm closing, but I'm not. I'm just asking you right now to get your trays and your seats in their upright position and make sure your seatbelts are buckled. So let me ask you a question. Where do you need peace today? Where do you need peace today? You need peace in your home? Is there conflict in your home? Maybe there's a relationship that's on the rocks. This isn't going well. Maybe it's your future. I am finding that I used to think it was always the young people who had a struggle and worried about their future. Can I be honest with you? I'm finding that as I'm getting older, I'm not old yet, but I'm getting there one day at a time, that there are new things that, that can concern me about my future. It's real. So is it your future? What about work? Your finances? Maybe it's your health. Maybe there's something that's just nagging you. That you got a bad report or you're concerned. Maybe you're like most men. Men, you won't go to the doctor. You know there's something wrong, but you don't want to hear the problem. Does it make the problem go away? It doesn't. How about with God? Are you at peace with God today? If I could have somebody, one of my instrumentalists come back up. Just, just don't have to sing. Just, just play something for me. Because I really want you to ponder this thought. Where are you lacking peace today? And then the source of that peace, you have to be at peace with God. There's an old saying. I've seen t-shirts. There were bumper stickers. And it said this. No God, N-O, no peace. You, you will not have peace. If you don't know God. But if you K-N-O-W God. If you know God. You can know peace. It really begins with your relationship with God. Through the death 
and resurrection of his son Jesus, whereby God fills you. He implants his spirit within you, and that's where you have peace with God. You can have that internal peace, and from there it generates peace with others. But you have to answer that question. I, I, I'm not prying. I guess in a way I am. But it begins with having peace with God. First, that peace has to be with a relationship with God through Jesus. And can I be very honest here today? Maybe you need to hear this. It's not hard to be at peace with God. Matter of fact, I want somebody needs to hear this today. He wants peace with you. He doesn't want war with you. He doesn't want conflict or hostilities with you. He literally wants to bless you. And how does that happen? It's simple. It says, it says in Romans 10, 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Simply believing and then confessing. That's a powerful scripture. That's the essence of salvation. But here's the thing. God cannot make you do that. That's your choice. And if that's you this morning, I want you to make that decision. I don't want you to do it because of my humor or my goofiness. I want you to do it because you understand this scripture that I preached today. And you want peace with God because there is no peace in your life. And I promise you this. Your troubles aren't going to go away. I'm not going to make that. We have... We as Christians, have, we have bait and switched so much. When you're saved, your problems don't go away. They just stop being your problems. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, and his righteousness in all. I know you say, Pastor, you use that scripture a lot. I have to because there's a lot of things in my life that are God's needs. I have to be careful I say it. I don't claim them. They're his needs. And he says, you do that, then all these things will be added unto you. What are those things? He talks about how the fields are taken care of, the birds are taken care of. He's basically saying, listen, you no longer have any needs. That's powerful. I think we all need to hear that, be reminded of that. You don't have needs. Now, if you make them your needs, okay, God's going to say, fine, but we, I can't share those. You either let me have them or you take care of them. But if you let him take care of them, you'll have peace that passes all understanding. Even in the face of a bad doctor's report or the uncertainty of, of employment or even with the addictions that so many people are struggling with today. I can't, I can't break this. I can't stop it. You never will. But God will. He'll come and he will put people in your life as long as you choose to be accountable to those people, they will help you. I believe that. Amen. Amen. And with that accountability, you can break any bondage, Amen. any stronghold in your life because of God. Amen. So now the plane is down. And now the question is, where are you? If you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life, he wants to go from being your savior to ruling your life. That's tough with pride. But when you let him be your Lord, that's when all these benefits come into play. Okay? If that's you today and you would like to receive him as savior and as your Lord, then I would, I know this is tough. But I want you to come down to this altar this morning and I want to pray with you. Anybody at all. I would say bow your heads and close your eyes, but you guys are some of the most disobedient people I've ever known when it comes to that. But the reality is, for you that are about to make this walk down here, you don't have anything to be ashamed about. Because you know what? There was a time, it wasn't in this altar, but it's a little country church in Alabama. Actually, excuse me, it was Georgia. Statesboro, Georgia. That I had to make it's a church about this size. At least I remember it that way. And what was funny is someone dropped a nickel and it rolled to the altar. And I saw it. <laughs> and when, true story, when the altar call was gained, I went down there and grabbed that nickel, but I had to kneel at the altar. And when I did, people surrounded me and they asked me, Hallelujah. my dad's a preacher. Hallelujah. Are you saved? 
And I'm like six years old. And I had the realization, you know what? I, I don't think I am. God rolled a nickel to the altar so I could be saved. <laughs> True story. True story. I know I've never shared that story, y'all. I know. I don't even know if my wife knows that story. God just brought it back to my remembrance. Maybe I'm not getting old. But let me get back to seriousness again. I've had to make this walk. And I want to invite you. You're not standing alone. You won't kneel alone. If that's you this morning, I want you to come. If you're here today and you're a born-again believer and you need peace in your life, I'm going to invite you down here to leave the burden here. Let us pray with you. There's no, you can leave changed. You, some of y'all need to be reminded that you're not a beast of burden. He says, cast your cares on me. For what? I care. What's interesting about peace, and I'm going to, Lord, help me to shut up. I love talking about the Word of God. I do. It's my rock. Jesus is my rock. Jesus was born to bring peace to this world. The angels proclaimed it. And when he left, he says, I'm leaving that peace with you. But it's your choice. It is. You can choose to worry being, and he'll let you, not because he doesn't love you, but because you have a free will. Or you can choose to lay it down. Lay it down. These altars are open. Let it be note, it's before 12 o'clock. I'm not trying to change the atmosphere. You have time is my point. Will you come this morning, whether to give your heart to Jesus or whether to leave your burdens, will you come this morning and just see how when you make that effort, that movement, that act of faith, and you come down here. I'm, I'm a big proponent. If you have to write your burdens down and leave them on the altar, leave them. Just don't, when you leave, don't pick them up and don't remember them anymore. Judy, your mom and dad's taken care of. They have no needs. He's a God full of wisdom. He has, and it will continue to give you that wisdom. Come on. Watch your burdens. Let him give you the gift of peace today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to our Bear Creek AG podcast. You are about to listen to our weekly Bible study with Pastor Tony. Thanks for joining in.